The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. From the words of Jackson Kittert, anything that annoys you is teaching you patience. Anyone who abandons you is teaching you how to stand up on your own two feet. Anything that angers you is teaching you forgiveness and compassion. Anything that has power over you is teaching you how to take your power back. Anything that you hate is teaching you unconditional love. Anything you fear is teaching you courage to overcome your fear. Anything you can't control is teaching you how to let go. Tonight's special guest feels that in order to make a shift in consciousness, we need to do the work to separate truth from lies, both within and without, and to bring the darkness to light, whilst making the shadow conscious, so that we can truly heal, evolve, and grow, living up to our full soul potential, and aligning with our own individual purpose. All of these values are pursued in order to achieve humanity's collective emancipation, which involves every individual becoming fully embodied sovereign beings, playing our unique parts in this evolution of the heart space and creating a higher frequency of love and compassion for self and others. And to my loyal Veritas members, I just added a new book in our Veritas library. Just go to the website, click on info and then library, and you'll see the books that we include there. I've included one book on longevity written in the 1700s. And what this author did, and it's written in Old English, but you can understand it. This person has cataloged hundreds and hundreds of individuals, ranging from 110 years old all the way to 185 years, and each individual story. So I think you'll enjoy this. It's a great addition to the Veritas Library. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, Welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrich. Growing up in Munich, Germany, Bernard Gunther moved to California in 1994 to study drums and percussion in Los Angeles. Being very emotionally sensitive and battling depression, throughout his early life, Bernard started to face his shadow and fears. His exploration into rhythm and music became a journey of self-discovery and healing, which led him to spiritual, psychological self-work and the healing arts, studying and practicing bodywork, yoga, qigong, meditation, dance, psychology, shamanism, as well as various spiritual and ancient esoteric teachings. His personal healing process also inspired him to explore the mysteries and hidden knowledge surrounding our planet and humanity's origins, questioning the roots of what constitutes quote-unquote reality 
and how social and spiritual conditioning impacts upon our collective and individual search for truth, fulfillment, and happiness in all aspects of life. His website, Piercing the Veal of Reality, is a wide-ranging collection of essays, films, webinars, podcasts, and interviews ranging from spirituality, shamanism, psychology, self-work, politics, esotericism, to the occult and hyperdimensional realities. His work has been featured on various websites and radio stations and podcasts across the internet, and he has been giving talks internationally at conferences, events, and festivals. He's been invited to speak at. Bernhard is working with individuals from all walks of life, helping them in their path of individuation, and he also hosts transformational retreats, online courses, and workshops with his wife, Laura Matsu. Together, they also host episodes of their Cosmic Matrix podcast. His website is veilofreality.com, and direct from Southern California, I'd like to welcome Bernhard Gunter. Hello, Bernhard, and how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. Well, I've been following your post on social media for quite some time. Better late than never, because I thought, why haven't we had Bernhard here before? But before we begin, as I always do, I like to develop the, the character so that our audience knows who you are. Beyond what I read, I'm very interested in knowing of your story, where you grew up, your early life, and what shaped you to be in this current journey. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Mel. So what many people actually don't know was I, I was actually born in the U.S. in Los Angeles. Oh. Um, and my parents, both my dad is actually from Germany. He escaped Eastern Germany, um, the Eastern Bloc, Socialist Germany. Uh, and my mom escaped communist Poland, right? And they met in a refugee camp in Germany. And then my dad fulfilled his childhood dream to come to the U.S., came to L.A., uh, studied at UCLA, made its PhD there, and that's when I was born in 1972. And a year or two years later, they moved back to Germany, to Munich, and that's where I grew up until the age of 22. And throughout my years and my childhood, I was always, you know, kind of the typical like outsider, not being able to fit in, got bullied, not, you know, not not knowing what to do with my life, basically, and even went to the university after high school um, of, of uh, Munich. Uh, to study business economics because I thought that's what everybody else is doing, but I never felt satisfied. I always felt there was something missing. And then I remember the day when I met somebody who became one of my best friends and he introduced me to playing the drums in this band. And I sat down playing the drums for the first time. And that's when I, for the first time, I feel I had a, um, um, a divine experience, a transcendental experience, like something connected me to something higher. For the first time, I felt true joy and, and I realized this is what I want to do with my life. So I uh, dropped out of college, out of university in a year, year into it at the age of 22 and moved to Los Angeles, straight to Hollywood, straight to uh, rented an apartment behind the Chinese theater in 1994 to go to music school to study drums and percussion. And that's, you know, that became really my passion back then in the, in the 90s. And I still played drums eight hours a day and just really, you know, expressing myself creatively, chasing the dream, right? Coming as a musician to L.A. and wanting to to make it, so to speak. But throughout this whole period, I was still like question nagging that there must be more to life. You know, I never had the goals like regular people had of just, just making money, family, kids and all of that as something more. And, I, you know, as I was expressing myself creatively, playing in bands and all that, more and more came up within myself. Like I realized I used drums almost like shamanic healing, even though I didn't know I was doing that back then. And I was expressing myself a lot of 
you know, teenage angst, anger, and playing dark, heavy music. But within all of that, you know, more and more emerged, and I started to become, you know, like I started to become more and more depressed because I just couldn't fit in. Nothing would work, and I was dealing with severe depression, suicidal thoughts, and all of that. And then, you know, I had a day job and whatnot. And I realized when I was waking up, literally crying, I, and I had this voice in my head that said, you need to figure yourself out or you will die, you know. And then the ultimate question came to me, who am I? What is actually life? You know, the deeper questions. And I remember that day I went to a bookstore um, somewhere in Venice, I believe it was, yeah. And I saw this book on the bookshelf, like, no, it's outside on the table, laying out, and it really caught my eye, and it was Freedom from the Known by Krishnamurti, and really caught my eye. And that was my first entry into, like, spirituality, philosophy, and deeper meaning of life. And I remember this one quote in that book from Krishnamurti, and he said, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And then my light bulbs went up because I realized, oh my God, this is what everybody is I'm trying to do. I try to adjust to, that's why I'm not happy. That's why I'm depressed. I'm trying to adjust to a world that has completely, is out of touch with spirit, with nature, with, with itself, with humanity and pathology becoming normalized, which we now see more and more happening. So, um, you know, and then I dug deeper, got introduced like first to Alan Watts and kind of that, that's kind of spiritual philosophy. And then I also came across Carl Jung's work in, in the mid nineties and really started, got into shadow work and really tried to work on myself, figure myself out. And then, uh, went deeper down the rabbit hole, like Neo in the matrix, the splinter in, in the mind, like, you know, what is the matrix? What, what, you know, there must be more we've been told and taught about and got into the world of court conspiracies. And um, that was only in the 90s. And, you know, one of my initiation initiations in a sense was actually I remember coming across this eight hour VHS tape of a lecture of this guy called David Icke. <laughs> huh. And we, he, you know, I remember watching this and that kind of opened up like a whole new world. So I got more into the conspiracy world and all started researching back then, reading a lot of books, um, uh, Pale White Horse, uh, William Cooper and all of that. But then I tumbled even deeper and got very much interested specifically I was in the UFO and alien topic and, and you know, always felt there must be more than just us humans here. So I went down that rabbit hole and all along I was playing my music, my drums, but that kind of um, dis disappeared, so to speak. My band broke up and I moved from LA to Topanga, that's kind of outside of LA. And found another gift actually during this time, a talent I didn't know I had. As I got deeper, I also got deeper into yoga, body work. I was also introduced to psychedelics, in particular mushrooms. Back then, it helped me a lot, lot in my healing, my integrating myself and whatnot. And then I found a healing gift for body work, you know, massage, body work, all of that. I went to a massage school and that became my profession for the next 15 years uh, since then. And then I was living by myself out in the Santa Monica Mountains, started to read more, write more. And I started to write, actually. I wanted to express my thoughts, you know. Um, and back then, I was on MySpace, I remember, way before Facebook. And the writing has just helped me to kind of like um, organize my own thoughts, what's going on. Yeah, surely I wanted to connect to like-minded people. And then a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you get create a blog? I didn't even know what the blog was back then. And that's that's how my website started, veilofreality.com, over 20 years ago. And I started writing. And then kind of everything took a life on its own. And, you know, the, the truth-seeking and, and the self-work. But it was, for me, early, clear very early on, and that's really the foundation of my work, 
that these both, both areas need to go together, meaning the inner and the outer work. Inner work of really like questioning who am I, you know, healing ourselves from our unconscious trauma, childhood wounds, uh, social cultural conditioning and all of that. And the outer work really making efforts to understand the world, you know, not only in light of conspiracies, the 3D, what's happening there and be the political realm and all of that, but also higher laws, you know, uh, divine laws, natural law in light of the evolution of consciousness. So for me, that's an ongoing process, so to speak, the inner and outer work. And I feel this is the time we're in what many call in esoteric traditions. And I refer to that as well as the time of transition. We are in this transitional phase and it's like this archetypal battle of dark versus light and and now i'm here i'm having by the way my 50th birthday tomorrow so half a century almost here well, happy birthday uh, thank you and um you know so you know if, i always say if you would have told me or anyone told me that even like 15 20 years ago that i would be doing what i'm doing now i'd be laughing in your face and kind of ties into the saying tell god your plans and he will laugh at you and you know i'm just just riding the wave uh doing these these times when so that kind of encapsulates it in a nutshell. A lot of things you said just resonate with me because what you just said right now, if you told me 20 years ago that I would be doing this, I would say that you're crazy. But it's yeah. just the evolution. You you let it happen. You surrender yourself to, I don't want to sound new age, but you surround yourself to the universe and to that energy. And basically, because before I even started this, I had dreams and I had thoughts and visions of doing it but i thought well, what's happening with me i'm going am i going crazy something wants me to do that it wasn't until later that i said maybe maybe this is the reason why i should but you mentioned david ike and i remember how much he was criticized even when before we had dvds and he was putting his work out there in, in dhs and tapes and people criticized him and i think now it's because people were not ready for the truth especially in the past two years more and more people are realizing that what he was saying all along was true. And lately, Renard, I'm thinking, I have this theory that maybe when the population of this world starts realizing who's behind the scenes, who's the, the man behind the curtain, the puppeteer, when we start all waking up, this is when they, boom, introduce a reset. And this reset that might be coming is mm -hmm. definitely not the first one. What's your opinion on this? You mean the reset in light of the great reset, or I call it sometimes the divine pressing the reset button. <laughs> and a kaleidoscope of all the research. We're talking about the mud flood. We're talking about financial yeah. resets, depressions, yeah. wars, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I see it, you know, we're like, the more I even like, also a bit cliche not to go into new age, too new agey, but we feel we all chose to be here right now during this time. And these are very critical times. And we're all being, being called to you know, embrace our soul mission because we all have here certain people, a certain fraction of humanity to really contribute to the shift. We're going through a shift, you know, and maybe in the new age that distorted it already, they thought 2012, we're going to be enlightened, ascended to 5D or something. Uh, but it's, I think it's a gross distortion of some deep esoteric truths. And I referenced um, what I said earlier in the introduction, what I call the time of transition. And that's a term from when I was studying um, esoteric Christianity, the esoteric Christian teachings before the church hijacked it and turned it all into a dogma and all of that. And I remember when I was studying esoteric Christianity, uh, the Gnosis Trilogy by Boris Moraviev, 
really like 20 years ago, he references this time of transition we're in right now. And the Hopi Indians talked about this as well. There's an up, way up or way down. So right now there's an opportunity, right, to really make a significant shift. But there's a lot of resistance by forces that have literally controlled humanity, not just for two years, which most people now wake up to, but for thousands of years, right? And that puts up the question of this whole archetypal battle between dark versus light, evil and good and whatnot. Right. And I feel we are now from this um, dark force agenda or whatever you may want to call it, the bad guys in the uh, the end game. Right. They want to enslave humanity completely in this like technocratic, socialist, communist, you know, utopian one world government and via the quote unquote great reset. Right. With the whole World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and all these people. I mean, for me, these are just like the manifestations of the whole matrix control system on 3d level the outer players so to speak so that's one timeline right um but they also need people's free will consent and that's why we have this whole quote-unquote pandemic and all of that you know as you know fear if you have people in fear that's the best way to control them they just go along with they give away their freedoms and all of that and then they don't even know you know where the trajectory is going to us but and then there's the other trajectory where people are starting now, even more so starting to wake up. Hold on, there's something wrong with everything. We need to, uh, you know, do something about it and kind of really expose everything. And even it's written in the scripture, time of transition, everything needs to be revealed. Everything needs to come out of the shadows. And I feel what's happening right now during this time of transition, the dark is coming up. It's, 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 it has its purpose, right? It's almost like a contradiction or like, let's say, a paradox, right? Especially over the past two years, like everything has gotten called worse uh, with the whole, um, you know, again, the pandemic, economics and whatnot. But at the same time, it forced people, at least a certain fraction of people, to awaken, to ask questions, to it forces us to focus on what truly matters. And I've seen this with more and more people. So there's an opportunity right? But it's the opportunity to create a new world. And if we don't learn this lesson, you know, uh, of this time of transition we end and really like anchor this higher frequency of, of, of the new world, which also requires this deeper inner work to really anchor this frequency within ourselves, the divine Christ consciousness or whatever you may want to call it, then uh, the divine or God or whatever we call it may press the ultimate quote-unquote reset button as it happened with many ancient civilizations before, be it uh, be it in, in Atlantis or, you know, in the Bible of the symbolism of the, the flood and all of that. So as the Hopi Indian said, there's a way up or way down, right? Um, so with everything, this madness that's going out, what I always say, um, two things is very important in this day and age, know thyself and know thine, know thy enemy. Know thyself is really making the effort to really understand who am I beyond my personal social mask, you know, my deeper divinity, you know, and really access that because that's really the only true safety, so to speak, that what really can help to change the world acting from this true sense of self. And know thy enemy, we have to also understand the forces we are up against, right? And... Um, you know, not to feed the doom and gloom fear frequency, which I unfortunately see happening as well, especially in the truth movement that they're getting blackpilled and like getting fear and paranoia and and end worst doom gloom scenarios for the future. Yes, know their enemy, understand how they operate, understand their agenda. It doesn't mean that they're able to go through with it, right? Just by being aware of it and not trying to save the world, you know, or not trying to fix the system that's already in place, but, you know, creating something new. You know, we need to tap into our own creative potential and, and the more we connect to our true self the more we can 
act from this uh, uh, divine essence, and the, and the more we have a bigger impact in, uh, on the world through conscious action. Um, so that's that's what I see right now. People ask me always, what do you see what's happening? I, I, I let go of the prediction business. <laughs> I've seen so many people prediction, uh, predicting so many things that came and go, went, and, and nothing happened. But the way I see this, it's a, we're in a fragile state during this time of transition. But it's an opportunity. But it's also, you know, we really need to step up to the plate and really heed the voice of the divine, as, uh, as it's written in the scriptures or in many traditions as well, and and really do this, what I feel, the necessary inner work to like, not to sound cliche, but as Gandhi said, to be the change you, you want to see in the world. And being the change, meaning to embody really this higher frequency where we can really then create you know, something beyond what the Great Reset and all these other evil forces trying to uh, enslave humanity with. I, this is why you are here today, because I want people to, to know that for the past two years, we've been discussing the pandemic and everything that's taking place. And I don't do it to spread fear. To the contrary, I, I do it to spread awareness because fear is what keeps everybody sick. Fear is what keeps everybody down. So you need to just Disconnect from the TV, disconnect yourself from, from sometimes even from social media, but from uh, the mainstream media and listen to people who think outside the box. But speaking of trajectories, we have a, a few things in common, Bernhard. Uh, our parents, both our parents escaped from communism. In 1994, you and I both moved to California. And I remember, and I told you this offline, but I remember landing in California at two o'clock in the morning, New Year's Day, uh, 1994. Even the, the, the captain of the plane had said, you know, Happy New Year. And I got there, it was foggy, 20 degrees, and I felt the loneliest I've ever been. But for the first time, I transmuted that loneliness into solitude, two different things. I learned how to hike. I became an avid mountain biker. I pursued my dream of continuing to drum, drumming as well. Mm -hmm. So you learn how to transmit these things. But let me just talk about psychology and psychiatry that's so important. Because it seems that every decade they diagnose or they create this new label for things that in the past were normal. If you as a child were sad, all of a sudden now you're depressed. If you wet your bed as a child, oh, you're depressed. If you're too happy, well, you must be bipolar. What is your opinion on the state of psychology in this world today? Yeah, that, that's a great, great point, Mel, and great question. Um, yeah, we, we've forgotten that the human experience entails the whole spectrum of emotions, right? And life is not always happy, up, 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 you know, bliss and, and happiness or forced happiness. And if you don't feel happy, something is wrong with you. That reminds me of something, Mel, like thinking of uh, coming to LA from Europe anyway. By the way, I can relate to that. I remember for the first nights I came from uh, Germany at the age of 22 in this apartment behind the Chinese theater. I was just so sad and lonely. I was crying in my bed. What am I doing here? Why? <laughs> what yep. did I do? But you need to get out of your comfort zone, right? And it really put me on this adventure. But I remember when I first came to the US and I was still learning English, you know, and then the Americans would greet me like, Bernard, how are you? How are you? This and that. How are you? And I, and I never heard that phrase, how are you? That doesn't exist in Germany, really. And I thought, oh, this person is really interested in how I'm doing. <laughs> so I was explaining in depth what's going on with me, my issues, my, my fears, like where I came from and kind of confusing the person until I realized the socially uh, correct way to reply is just, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> or replying the same question. How are you? How are you? Right. 
Um, but my point was like, you know, we are so used to like when somebody says, how are you right away? Says, I'm great. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's like almost, you know, socially not acceptable to say, you know what? I'm not feeling that good today. And like, oh, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? But that's a, the society we live in. This, you know, always positive and all of like up, up, up and, and, and so on and so forth. And obviously, psychology, psychiatry, modern psychiatry has taken advantage of that. Basically, big pharma give you a pill. You know, if you're not happy, take that pill. But as I mentioned in my story at the beginning, what I realized for myself that most of the depression is not, first of all, not an issue of, of brain chemistry or something like that. Many factors come in. But for the most part, what I realized, depression is a cry for the soul of the soul to be recognized, right? For the same reason I just mentioned as well with Krishnamurti's quote, it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And people are depressed and down and, and you know, in despair because they're trying to adjust to a world, to this world that's completely out of touch with spirit nature, with their deeper essence. They even have a lot of what I see, even my work when I work with people, my wife and I together, uh, a lot of people have desires, wants, needs, goals that are literally not their own, but conditioned by society and culture, you know, or their trauma responses trying trying to fill a hole within because they feel insecure. So they're chasing dreams or goals. Uh, they're not their own. And obviously they become depressed because it will never make them happy because they're always externalizing and externalizing. So we really need to understand more really, you know, I'm all about holistic health, really understanding interrelationship of the physical, the the psychological, the emotional, and the, the spiritual, what we also call in our work the fourfold approach of holistic self-account, all works together, right? And obviously, we live in a world that's removed from spirit. We live still in a world that's very materialistic. You know, even with medicine nowadays, with everything in the world, it's this materialistic view of this one virus is going to, you know, uh, threaten your life and you got to inject with this to, to get better. Like not understanding that there are many, many other things that, uh, that influence us that determine our, our health on all levels, emotionally, psychologically, and physically. Um, so what I found, you know, even within myself, many people I work with, what most people are dealing with, even on a physical level, physical illness, the um, manifestation, this is actually only the manifestation of something much deeper. What we are sick, it's a disease of the soul, as Paul Livy would say, you know, I know you had him on recently, or this emo unconscious uh, trauma, unconscious emotional, psychological issues, childhood wounds we have never cleared or never really, uh, are not even aware of, but then unconsciously trying to uh, heal via external means, uh, most in a material way, or even not un, not even aware of, right? So as I always like to say, all most people are traumatized and wounded without knowing that they are, or people are suffering without knowing that they are, because what do most people do as a trauma response? We check out, we disassociate, we get addicted, not only to drugs, substances, but social media, entertainment, and all of that, or we numb ourselves with drugs, be it uh, pharmaceuticals or any other ones. Right. So this is just symptom management. So we just get sicker and sicker and sicker. So the, there's an ancient truth. The only way out is in and through. And that's why I feel in this day and age, I'm, I'm big into shadow work, Dr. Carl uh, Jung's work. Right. And he even said there's no it's no measure of health. To, uh, no, that's what Christian Moody. He said one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And that goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning of the show. This is an opportunity. A lot of darkness is coming up, but it needs to come out. It needs to be made conscious of not only in the world, but within ourselves. It can be scary, 
But once you really, you know, walk through the valley of death, so to speak, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's this transmutation you need to go through, the, trans- the descent into the underworld, so to speak, and uh, to be reborn in a true self. That's the, that was the true meaning of the second birth. And I feel with psychology, psychiatry and psychology, we need to go beyond these labels, right? And just listen to people and just like not um, label them as this and that because so many things come together and we need to have this more holistic, integral approach to life and health on all levels. So that's my view on it for now anyway. (laughs) I see that, what you just said to me, and you said that even before, how people seem to do to try to go to what with what's normal. You are in high school and people tell you, oh, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer. Da, da, da. And you listen to those people and you follow what they're telling you. And then, for example, medical practitioners, a lot of them think that the moment they graduate from medical school, they go into residency and so on, that they're going to start healing people. And that yeah. does not happen. And that causes depression. And I think a lot of doctors, and I hate to say this, but the average lifespan of a doctor is 50 Three, I believe, and that should not be happening. But I, I call that more like a Stockholm syndrome. Uh, yeah. Society tells you to behave one certain way. Right now, you need to go get the stinger, uh, and most people follow, and they get the second one, and the third, and the fourth booster, and they keep yeah. doing it. It's almost like a, a, a Stockholm syndrome. And also, people who try to escape from a crisis or from a problem, they don't understand that that's just a. A, a temporary fix. You have to phase the crisis in order for it to, to transmute into something better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and you also mentioned something important, even doctors nowadays, you know, um, you know, like they are very much conditioned of a medical education that has been sponsored by Rockefeller yeah. over a century ago. Big Pharma took it over. Right. So and they pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to get the degree and they don't realize how they are really conditioned and actually support a pathological system, even very well-meaning doctors. Right. Not all of them. Like not nowadays, people throw around this term controlled opposition like candy nowadays, but a lot of the well-meaning people will do their best, but they don't know better because of the Stockholm syndrome, as you said, and 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 condition educational conditioning as well and, and programming and all of that. So, you know, it's really about questioning everything ever believed, even the uh, questioning like that's that's that blows everything out of the open too. like, I don't know how deep we can go into this topic in the show, but even questioning virology, right? And as like, deep as you'd like. <laughs> so is there, you know, does do can you actually catch a virus? What's what's the real what's the body really doing when, when he has these symptoms? You know what I mean? Maybe there's something deeper going on. What is the interrelationship between stress, emotions, trauma, and physical disease? Right? I'm also a very big fan of Go, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate's work. You know, he has seen a lot of cases of cancer cases, for example, of very he- healthy, physically fit people. But they got cancer because of suppressed emotions, because they were living a life, um, you know, that that didn't align with who they truly are or truly wanted, right? Like what you call it, it's like being nice kills you as a people please and whatnot and not standing up for your own needs and, and all of that or unconscious trauma and emotions, as I mentioned, that got stuck into the unconscious and then manifests in in disease later on right so we have to this time right we're in right now we need to revolutionize it all and question it everything and bring everything out in the open right because it's it's really important you know and also on that note by the way i always people forget (laughs) 
we're not going to get out of here alive, right? We haven't transcended death yet, so we got to have to deal with it. At some point, the body will give in. But it's so fascinating, too, like with all this technological progress, these gadgets, you know, even we are now communicating and computers and all of that. Uh, we have figured out and, and have more comforts, but we still haven't figured out death. And I'm not saying figure out death in, in terms of transhumanists trying to extend life and whatnot artificially, but there's still the fear of death, right? It's, you, we cannot avoid this, this, um, this end stage, but still we are all afraid of death. And I've noticed as well in my work, um, even within myself, every little fear we have is rooted in the fear of death. And as I say again, fear is the underlying frequency of the matrix. The more you have people in fear, the easier they are controlled. So it's really about conquering fear and facing fear and, and, and even, you know, facing death. Once you have um, facing death really requires a certain courage to, to face that fear. And once you have conquered that fear, then you have the true freedom to live. Because what I see most people, especially nowadays with all the crazies out there, most people just survive. They try to survive and they're afraid of each other like everybody's a walking germ or something. And we have forgotten the freedom to truly live. And that's the key point. That's an inside job. And that's very important. I'm all for like external, like, you know, seeking freedom, sovereignty, uh, the constitution, all of these movements are amazing. But we, what we really need to do is also turn internally and, you know, face our own fears and you know, face everything we have kind of looked away from. And once we do that and truly look at it, then we find a deeper freedom, which then ripples out externally. So that's kind of, it's, it's a massive job, but I think that's, that's what we're called to do right now. Well, you opened the door of virology. So let me just crack that door open one more time. Viruses. Is it the germ or is it the terrain? No, the whole fishbowl analogy. Do we clean the water in the fishbowl or do we give the fish medication? Also, the exosomes. You know, they want you to bathe in hand sanitizer, to wear a mask that will turn, you know, will raise your body's acidity levels to the point that a lot of people might get cancer. Don't leave the house. Don't get any sunshine. Our immune system has to practice. But if we live in such a sterile environment, how can we even make it practice? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe you. I, I grew up just right before the internet or video games. I was playing outside all the time. Was yeah. dirty and mud and all of that. You know what I mean? I came home bruised, you know, dirty. So, you know, nowadays kids grow up very differently, right? And, you know, the, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to question, and that's been also a journey for myself, right? So, you know, there's, there's different levels to look at it from. But for me, I remember whenever I got sick, you know, even over the past 10, I don't remember the last time I was, the last time I was sick was a healing crisis after I went to a healing workshop or studied some modality. And then sometimes, yeah, the, the body, body needs to detox, you know, because a lot of deep psychological, emotional processes, which also affects the physical body. But even when I had, I think the last time I had the flu was over five years ago or something, but I never thought about even back then that I have quote unquote caught a virus for me with my own, you know, studies and awareness of my body mind connection and all of that. Uh, oh, my body is detoxing itself again. You know, I've been too stressed. You know, I know my physical body doesn't feel well and get, it gets sick if I stress myself out too much and all of that. Right. And we both know that you know, this so-called healthcare system out there is not really healthcare. It is disease care, right? Because you don't make money off of healthy citizens. 
So for me, early on, it's also been all about preventive medicine. That's the key point. And it starts as basic as diet, for example, clean food, all of that, right? Then it goes to on a very basic physical level. It goes back to then, you know, talking about the terrain, you know, your body. Start keeping your body clean, you know, with clean food and all that, but also your psychological, emotional health, which also affects your terrain, you know, so we need to engage in that work as well, stress level and all of that. Basic things like the sun, spend some, you know, good amount of, of, of sunshine in, in every day in the morning and whatnot, cold showers, little, all these, these new therapies are popping up left and right, but that's the key point. And like you mentioned at the beginning, also disconnecting from this whole information overload, right? It's just too much. We need we are so much in our heads all the times. That's another thing. We live in the in the mental realm, most of us nowadays. We're so disconnected from our bodies. I've seen a lot of people also I work with, they're not only disconnected from their bodies, but disconnected from their emotions. People don't know even what they feel, or we are afraid to feel certain feelings and all of that. And this all contributes to more toxins, to more toxins, because everything is misaligned. So again, I'm very strong in this fourfold approach of holistic work, self-work or holistic health, if you will, on all levels, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually to bring this all together and, and work on all these areas at the same time. And they may be different for each. Some people need to may focus on the physical health, some of the emotional, depending where everybody is at. But that's what comes down to and question our assumptions. You know, even with the whole virology, people say I had COVID this, I had have COVID that. Well, I'm sorry, I don't believe you. <laughs> no disrespect if somebody says it, but it's an assumption. It's been very well uh, documented and proven at this point that this, the PCR tests are useless. They're based on a model of the virus, not actually the virus, which has never been truly isolated. And you mentioned you know, the research around it, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Andy Kaufman, Dr. Mm -hmm. Tom Cowan's work, whose recent book I can highly recommend for anybody uh, wants to go like a, um, you know, a summary of, of all of, of that work. He wrote a book, uh, Breaking the Spell, the Scientific Evidence for Ending the COVID Delusion. And it's a really nice little ebook you can download on his website. So that's a good entry point in this whole uh, virus question, right? But we always... We repeat things constantly without questioning because we always, the mainstream has believed it, so it must be. So when we have the flu, oh, I caught a virus, this and that, you know. And then people yeah, if, ask if there's no virus, why are people getting sick? Well, there are many, many reasons for people to get sick. It doesn't have to do with a virus, right? Then on a metaphysical or cold level, I'm sure you're aware of that, you know, we have to understand these, these forces, matrix forces, these psychopaths in power, they are also black magicians. Right. They understand metaphysical laws. You know, you can make yourself sick psychosomatically by really believing in it, <laughs> having that believing in the fear virus and even developing symptoms because of this inherent belief and fear and all of that. So it's not that black and white. So, you know, I, I cannot, you know, possibly lay it out the whole issue with virology. I just recommend people to have an open mind. And there will be cognitive dissonance around it, right? I kind of saw it even myself as I dove deep over the past few years into this topic because, you know, it's such a strong health collectively belief, right? That something out there, germs and viruses cause disease and we can get infected by that and all of this. So that's, for me, the root of the problem, right? Having said that, you know, there's a lot of discussion now. You see if Joe Rogan gets under fire for having Dr. Malone on there and, and this other doctor who are questioning vaccines. Both of these doctors still support, you know, the virology idea and the virus and all of that. 
And I think that's even fine. People cannot go straight from like <laughs> the pandemic to no viruses exist. I think people need to be reached wherever they can be reached. I think seeking truth and exposing everything is a process that's different for each. Like I said before, I'm not that I don't want to jump that fast to the idea of that these guys are controlled up and all of this. You know, like a lot of doctors, I think even Dr. Malone, you know, um, is just also dealing with his own uh, educational conditioning and, and all of that and programming he may not fully be aware of, right? But ultimately, we should really ask the question, you know, the, the base assumption of this whole pandemic we're in, you know, does the virus truly exist? Has it been really isolated? Under what, you know, uh, measures is it being isolated what does it mean nowadays to isolate a virus we don't ask these questions we just assume right and that's why how we keep the matrix operating right we go along with them because we never question our core assumptions about life in general absolutely and also uh, what you mentioned joe rogan and by the way neil young you can keep your music we don't care <laughs> How dare he comes out? Somebody who has written songs with lyrics that are anti-government to come and tell us, by the way, unless you get the shot, you need to have Joe Rogan removed or remove my music. And by the way, I was very surprised. I heard that Spotify actually said, nope, we're going to remove your music instead. Yeah, uh, I just saw that. I read it today. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is hot off the press, right? But I'm thinking of all the people that... At one point, you see pictures of them, you know, with their hand over their eye or they're taking a picture with Bill Gates. And we all think, oh, they must be, you know, part of the cabal. But I recently posted a, a video of um, it's the, 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 the famous uh, tennis player. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it. Novak Djokovic, uh, no, right? Yeah. And basically he was this is the first time I've ever seen him speak like this totally saying my body is my choice, the whole thing, and uh, we should have a clear mind and that he's not going to take the, the shot. And I thought, this is the kind of person that the powers that want to be don't want out there talking. And this is probably why in the appeal he lost it and now he can't play. But there are others. You have to think, those who control the narrative also control the counter-narrative. You have to be very watchful who's out there telling you something when in fact... I, I remember at the beginning, there were some researchers saying, oh, remdesivir, that is, you don't need a vaccine, it's a remdesivir. And now it's proven that if you take remdesivir, you get an 80-some percent chance of dying, of just killing your kidneys, which in turn will take you to the ventilator, and then you have another 80-some percent chance of dying as well. Exactly. By the way, well, we I just got noted, uh, a friend of ours lost uh, uh, her husband because exactly of that. Rendezvous. He just passed away a day ago in the hospital because they forced him on the drug, forced them on the ventilator, oh. uh, diagnosed him with COVID and all of that. And he, because of the forced oxygen through the ventilator, developed a clot in his lung and passed away. That is so sad. And this happens all the time. In fact, when you were discussing this, I remember back in 2010, I went, I, I don't go to conferences anymore, but I went to a conference, the UFO Congress in, in Phoenix. So I don't remember if it was in, in, the, in, in Nevada, but anyway, I went there with Jim Nichols, who recently passed away with exactly what you just said, what your friend went through. He went to the hospital 
got diagnosed with COVID, remdesivir, killed his kidneys, ventilator for two, three weeks, and he just died a few days ago. But he and I and other people went to that conference back in 2010, and there were two guys there that looked probably like federal agents. And they just stuck to us. They wanted to hang out with us, shaking our hands all the time. And then when we all left, they all got sick with chest pain. They lost their sense of smell. Imagine COVID in 2010. Well, I was the only one who didn't get anything. But a week and a half later, I was taken to the hospital in an ambulance with pericarditis. And back then, a lot of people didn't know what that was. And now look at how many people are falling ill with pericarditis and myocarditis, children dying. And they're saying, well, it's normal. Maybe it's stress. Maybe they're involved in too many games, too many sports. What you're taking the youth going through so many heart disease right now? Yeah. I think, I mean, that goes back to, um, remember I would say at the beginning, know thyself, know thy enemy. You know, with this, what people call experiential vax, oh, it hasn't been proven, it's not really working. No, no, no. The vax is doing exactly what it's supposed to do from their point of view. What we're dealing with is a depopulation agenda, right? I'm sure you've been aware of this for many years. I've yeah. been, been aware of this for many years. They want to reduce the population, right? Because... On the top of the food chain, the psychopaths in power with no conscience, they consider most of humanity useless feeders, right? So they don't need my, uh, most of us anyway. So they they then use it under virtual signaling, or oh, too many people on the planet, it's not good for the world, not good for nature. No, no, there's no overpopulation. Only like, you know, you, you're not here to play God and tell who's allowed to live and who not, right? So we're dealing with a depopulation agenda, and I'm, again, not getting into doom and gloom or fear-mongering, but we need to be aware of their agenda, and they're literally trying to kill off the majority of humans. And we see this already having with the vax, basically. The vax is is the true bioweapon. Not COVID, not all of it, not Wuhan lab, which I feel is a whole red herring anyway, for the reason I just mentioned. If if there's really no virus to begin with, then there can also not be a bioengineered Wuhan virus and all of that. I think that's a distraction. Um but the vax is the real bioweapon, and that's what we see. You know, they're trying to inject even people as young as, as five or four-year-old now, right? And it happens on various multidimensional levels, on a physical level, right? What We, we will see the, the true repercussions, I believe, not until five to ten years, because they're also not going to, you know, if they would kill off everybody right now and people would fly and drop like flies, after the vax, they would be way too, quote-unquote, suspicious. For now, they're still trying to hide it, but, you know, the vax injuries and, and the deaths are, you know, by the hundreds and thousands. You can, can you cannot hide it anymore. But it's going to get worse, right? And I'm again, I'm not saying it affects everybody differently, right? I'm not saying anybody who's vax is lost or whatnot. But there are also metaphysical uh, repercussions. And um, I wrote an article about it, about the metaphysical consequences of the COVID jab. Um, in light of also what Rudolf Steiner literally talked about over 100 years ago that there will be a vaccine developed that will separate the spirit from the body. And I feel that's what's happening more and more on a metaphysical level. Because you're aware of the alien agenda, and I'm sure that uh, you have always and all of that, this this other, I mean, obviously, you have always and aliens, that's a whole topic, and it's a kind of labyrinth <laughs> within itself, with a lot of disinfo, and what is true and what is not. But I see the, a big part of my work is um, hyperdimensional realities, non-physical, 40 or cold realities, and these these hostile forces that have been working through humanity, and have, they have been named by various different names: the Archons from the Gnostic traditions, the Jing from the Sufism, Wetiko, Polivis, a Native American work, 
they're called hostile forces forces from Sri Aurobindo's integral yoga and, and and so on and so forth and they they you know the way they work is through humanity and they're kind of kind of trying to what we're dealing with is like an alien invasion through our own bodies so to speak and what they're trying to initiate is right now is really removing the spirit from the body and use our human vessels as incarnational opportunities for these other forces to come in and that's how the matrix truly works i mean that's the first matrix movie right the best analogy is what i call what's been now called more popular the agent smith syndrome right the other people are being used <laughs> by other forces trying to um, uh, keep other people from awakening and that's i feel what we're dealing right now with uh, with the jab and, and all of this there will be physical deaths repercussions right injuries but also metaphysically right um, to trying to dislodge the soul from the from the body as literally as as uh, uh, Rudolf Steiner talked about over a hundred years ago. So what is the antidote? You know, like I you know I always want to give solutions, not to get in this like sounds almost like a horror sci-fi movie for people who are not aware of this research or what's what's really going on in these deeper levels. But the antidote is literally soul embodiment, the great work, and that comes to, to really. Uh, do the work what we came here to do during this time of transition really to bring in back God the divine connect to our divine essence to anchor the soul in the body right that's the uh, antidote for anything <laughs> really what's happening in the world the more you're connected to your true self true essence the divine the less the outer world these other forces have an effect on you and the more your actions are grounded in truth and your in your deeper soul purpose so that's really the antidote but you know it's really important to understand what's happening right now we have to see evil for what it is. I think most people who just got quote-unquote red-pilled over the past two years still don't have a uh, deep understanding of what evil we're actually up against. And again, I'm not saying this in order to create doom and gloom and fear, but we got to know what we're up against. And as I said, it doesn't mean that they're able to go through with it. I think the next hurdle will then also definitely be transhumanism, nanoparticles injected as well, AI, and then we have the whole climate change scare and all of that. So that's kind of like, you know, the setup, so to speak. But I feel there's also definitely an awakening happening. I see it with the people I work with our programs, you know, there's an opportunity right now. But it needs to also go beyond trying to externally fight evil and all of that. Otherwise, we just end up like, like in Plato's allegory of the cave fighting shadows on the wall, because you can kill and get rid of all the psychopaths, all the Fauci's gates and all of that. They're just puppets themselves. Ultimately, we need to transmute and trans, uh, transform everything. And it starts within ourselves. So the more we come in touch with our deeper spiritual essence via the great work, which entails psychological, spiritual, emotional work, all of this to clear our vessel, to anchor the divine force, the bigger we have an effect on the outside world. Right? Because even it's written in, in the scriptures, seek the kingdom within first and everything will be given for you. We, we also live under this illusion that the outside is external from us. right? We only see evil out there, but we need to also come to terms of our own darkness within ourselves, transmute ourselves, and that will have an effect on the outside world. But with the jabs right now, it's, it's a spiritual warfare. It's soul harvesting. They're really trying to uh, break the human spirit. That's, that's the times we're in right now. We are definitely, definitely, no doubt, we are at war. But when you find out that BlackRock, the company, is a majority shareholder of Pfizer and other big pharma companies, and they're also the largest shareholder of every news media company around the world, then you know where this grip comes from. I also think that the biggest threat for big pharma is a healthy person. So the best yes. scenario is a sick person who needs medication for life. But this is why I equate communism with this pandemic. The first thing that a communist 
dictatorship does when it takes power is eradicate not only religion, but spirituality in general. I mean, look at China and the Falun Gong, which is a, yes. a great spiritual practice. The God is the state and the leader. So if the stinger, which is not a vaccine, has a code, it could potentially alter our DNA so we don't have a connection with spirit or the higher being or the universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and even speaking of communism, I mean, for me, if you look even the origin of Marx, uh, Marxism and Marx, he literally was channeling satanic, <laughs> you know, uh, got into all kinds of Satanism, like literally, you know, that it's based on Satanism, however you want to interpret that, but it's really communism, socialism, the far left, all this is, is the vehicle for the, as I call the, or Sri Aurobindo would call the anti-divine forces. It's erratic and killing God, no spirituality, and also uh, taking, trying to kill our spirit, and as you say, make the state the God, under this like virtue, moral idea of just like, oh, we own this together and everybody's equal. But no, that also goes against uh, divine law, natural law, as it's also written, there's no such thing as equality in the entire universe. Yes, we are one, but we are not all the same. And that's a big thing what most people still don't understand. We assume just because we're all humans, same features, we are all the same, everybody has the same potential, soul potential or um, even... Um, Emotional, psychological potential. This is not so. You know, there are very, very, various different levels of being, different levels of soul embodiment within almost now eight billion people, and that's also naturally right. So we all, uh, you know, there's whatever the esoteric traditions you look at, but they also show you, give you almost like a cosmology to understand these different levels of being. Um, you know, there's, for example. My wife, she studies um, um, evolutionary astrology. That's kind of more in-depth esoteric astrology that also sh uh, talks about these different levels of being the, within humanity, the dimly evolved state. Uh, then the consensus state, where most humans in the mainstream find themselves about 70, 75% of humanity. None of these people actually have their own thoughts, right? They're just like a mass mind. They just repeat uh, mechanically what they're being told. They have no individual, no true individuality. Individuality. The next stage is the individuated state, which is only twenty uh, something percent, and then the last state is then maybe only two to five percent, the true spiritualized state. And what I see right now, it's happening even in, in the work again I'm doing with my wife, on the online programs. A lot of people getting out of the consensus state. They're starting to wake up out of the herd mentality, and they're starting to individuate. And that's a critical phase, right? to individuate, to become a true individual connected to your true self. But in order to do this, you need to remove yourself from your crowd. And it's not easy because people then still try to hold on to old relationships, the old beliefs, the old jobs, or friends, groups, whatever. But it's necessary to individuate, to let go of the old self. right? And that's the process we're in right now. And speaking of uh, we are one, but we are not all the same, also understanding that these people in power be it Fauci, Gates, and all of that. You know, these are full-blown psychopaths. They are literally without a conscience. They couldn't care less. You cannot talk reasons to, into them, you know? That's why I have to sometimes laugh when Fauci, whenever he speaks in front of the Congress, like, he will never ever admit to anything, right? Psychopaths are, are pathological liars. So we really have to understand, really question when we say what human nature, what is human nature? You know, all these different levels of being or people without conscience running this world and all of that. So we are in this process and that's what I see right now. What I see happening, there won't be actually a collective awakening anytime soon. And many other traditions, other tech traditions have also talked about the splitting of humanity. I think we see this more and more happening. 
And, you know, there's definitely the divide and conquer and ad- agenda on the matrix of pitting us against each other of like based on beliefs, right? This is definitely the, the artificial divide and conquer um, agenda. But I see there's a natural splitting happening as well in light of the evolution of consciousness based on soul embodiment and all of them doesn't need to really be understood. Because I see a lot of people getting frustrated. Why is, you know, why do, you know, some people don't understand it and, and it's so obvious the lies and the illusion and, 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 and the pathology propaganda. We cannot, <laughs> I mean, we cannot convince people by information alone, right? We know that by now. If that would be possible, we already would be enlightened. Something more needs to happen beyond this information you know, um, bombardment and information age we're in. And it goes back again to this inner work. And that's how you reach people more, you know, to become more the change we want to see. But I feel it's very key to understand that we are um, within 8 billion people, there are vast different levels of consciousness with vast different levels of soul lessons, uh, you know, which, uh, and let alone our own lessons within all of that. So we need to get out of this idea that we as a group going to awaken because you know, ultimately, you want humanity to unite, right? And that may happen in some future time, hundreds of years in the in the future, once we're more in an equilibrium. But what now, what communism and socialism and the Great Reset, what they're trying to establish is a forced uniformity, right? And that's anti-divine. That's actually very evil. That goes against natural law. And that's what we need to fight against. This is such a great conversation because we're just going throughout the whole spectrum. But 9-11, this pandemic, these are traumatic events. How you transmute these events is what really matters. Don't, don't fall prey or become a victim of this event if you survived it. Find a silver lining. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a, a, a well-known financial advisor the other day. And he was telling me something really interesting, Bernard. He said, you have no idea how many calls I'm getting from people. Yeah, they're baby boomers, but they're st- they still can can uh, work 10 more years, seven more years. But a lot of them are saying, what if I retire now? I don't care that I'm going to get less money. But what I'm hearing from a lot of people, he said, they want to retire. They want to do what they really want in with life, whatever time they have left. They realize they've been spending, you know, wearing a suit and tie all their lives, pursuing and, and, and following the carrot in front of them. And now they say, I don't care. I just want to retire. I want to travel the world if I can, get on a boat or go to the beach, just relax. I don't care about the money anymore. It seems like the materialistic world. And he called it, this is going to be a great resignation or retirement of people in the next year or two. Do you see that too? Yeah, I, see, I definitely see this. I mean, I see this again, like, you know, on the side of my, my wife and I, we have this uh, this ongoing online program, um, Time of Transition Body Soul Awakening, where we take 50 people on a three-month in-depth journey. And a lot of the people, like I mentioned, just quote-unquote also woke up of the past two years coming out of the, quote, consensus state of just yeah. going along with whatever life and then realize, oh, there must be more to life. And they're also less and less fulfilled just by stuff or money like it's not it's not you know i think something is igniting within humanity that there there's a common dissatisfaction in a healthy sense right like Kali Gibran always said comfort is the murder of the soul so it's it's good to be to be in in discomfort so to speak and realizing that's all the stuff the material stuff 
you know, uh, all these pursuits are just not really bringing me any joy, you know. Even it's, uh, one of my the teachers I started with, A.H. Almas, said, you know, when deeper truth, any desire we have externally, you know, whatever you want, relationships, money, stuff, you know, ultimately what we're actually looking for is our true self, the true state of our soul being is joy, like deep contempt and fulfillment that doesn't depend on anything external whatsoever. And that's what we're all unconsciously looking for. This is the union with the divine, which is not to meant, by the way, um, because that's how spirituality and religion has been distorted, to deny the material world, right? Then you get a trap of the aesthetics or the body's uh, sin and you need to be poor in order to be spiritual. No, no, no. It's not about denying materialism, right? It's also embracing the physical world to, 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 to spiritualize matter, so to speak. But always question, like I mentioned before, where do our desires really come from? Why, why do we truly want this? And it's fine to have the desires, but what true suffering brings, as all religious uh, traditions have, to, uh, spiritual traditions have talked about, is just the attachment to it, right? So that really brings the suffering. But I see more and more people asking these deeper questions. I've even like, we have therapists join our courses as well. They see it in their clients as well. Like all of a sudden they want to ask deeper questions, right? It's not just about like how to get the next relationship or, 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 uh, or the seven-figure uh, business and whatnot. Like, no, there's deeper questions arising. I think that ties into the time in right now. As I mentioned, it's time of transition. It's bringing up more and more deeper questions because, we're being touched on a, on a fundamental level because of what's happening, that's the silver lining. That's exactly what I mentioned. That's the paradox of all the craziness. People realize, okay, this is not working anymore. Like we need to completely change. And then ultimately, you know, people put the mirror on themselves and they ask questions about their own lives. And then they realize, okay, there's actually, you know, as you saw in your life or in my life, you know, certain things, uh, culture, society tells you brings you happiness, doesn't bring you happiness. And as much maybe something else, something deeper. So that questioning, that questing, you know, is really uh, is really a great thing. And I think we're starting to see this more and more. And, and that's I see this very positive these times we're in right now, to be honest, right? Because I see the opportunity and I see this in people as well, right? Yes, we can externally get lost in this craziness and doom and gloom. But here's a new world that wants to be born. That's the way I see it. And you ask any mother, like birth is beautiful, but also painful at the same time. <laughs> I want to leave the first segment with something positive, but just I have to just mention this, something that just crossed my mind. I'm looking at all these bridges that are in disrepair. I'm looking at the electric cars, how they're really massively pushing the electric car. But are they telling you that uh, with an electric car, if the temperature is below, I think it's 28 degrees, the battery won't work? What's going to happen to all those people in the states that are in the northern part of the United States, Canada? What's going to happen with those? And then you, the new kill switch in the United States that's going to be, I believe, by the year. I forgot exactly, but there's a new bill that's in the infrastructure, infrastructure bill, a new law that's going to implement a kill switch for all new cars. If you pass one mile, one kilometer on your... <laughs> limit they shut you down doesn't matter if you're in death valley in california in the middle of the desert they will shut you down and i want to know how can we transmute all of this into something positive because what i see coming is smart cities smart technology everywhere and there's nothing smart about it i wanted to get your answer on the other side about that also i want to know how your life was growing up with parents who both escaped communism your dad from germany your mom from poland mine from Cuba and 
I want to know if you have the, the same stories, obviously different, but did you get the stories from them all the time and telling you, once you're in the United States, you realize that there's nowhere else to escape to. But you'll give me your answer on the other side. How can people learn more about your work, your website, your services? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you, Mel. Uh, great questions. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Um, yeah, people can find me. All my work is my website, veilofreality.com, V-E-I-L of reality.com. They have tons of essays, articles, free ebooks. A lot of I produce a couple of movies as well. Um, also access to the podcast I'm hosting with my wife, the Cosmic Matrix podcast. And also we have, we just uh, started enrollment and application for our upcoming 12 week, three month intensive private group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening, where we go deeper into this fourfold approach of holistic self-work and combining the inner and outer work. And anybody who's interested can find information out there on my website as well. And if you feel called to apply as well. And that's that. Thank you so much, Mel. My pleasure. My special guest today is Bernhard Gunther or Gunther. Some people pronounce it either way. We have one more hour to come. I want to uplift. I want us to get out of these dark times that we've been going through for the last two years. And that's what I want to accomplish with a lot of the new shows. And I'm sure you're feeling it because you are writing to me and telling me that it is working. This is Mel Hustlerick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.